been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to uh, the uh, Week in Review show. This is the Best Stocks Now show. This is Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management, a uh, nationwide fee-based only money management firm. And we had a lot that happened uh, in the market here uh, this last week as we're pretty much now at the end of earnings season uh, for the fourth quarter of 2022. But... We had a lot of important ones uh, this past week that give us a real clue as to where uh, the market could be headed this year, 2023, and next year, 2024. We all we also had some real gyrations in the bond market this week. Uh, every time one of those members of the Fed uh, gives a speech, uh, you see uh, interest rates move quite a bit. We got clear up to 4.07 this week. Uh, and uh, had a few bad days in the market because of that, but then ending the week on uh, a pretty strong note as uh, interest rates uh, now headed back to uh, just under 4%. And uh, we still uh, think that uh, the Fed maybe has two more interest rate hikes in it, and then uh, we'll see a pause. And that market started looking ahead to that uh, late December of last year, mid-November, and uh, the growth stock started coming back after a really rough year in 2022. And uh, all in all, I would say the growth stocks are off to a pretty good start here so far. So welcome to today's uh, Best Stocks Now show week in review with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, uh, president of Gunderson Capital Management. Been behind the mic for 24 years doing a show on the stock market. I've been a professional money manager for over two decades. Maybe I've got a little bit uh, of useful uh, information uh, to share with you here today on the, this year's market. Uh, I'm also here with Barry Kite, our chartered financial analyst. He's a big help on some of these big macro uh, issues that we face from time to time. He's also a certified financial planner. So we really uh, keep an eye out for where the best asset classes are at any given point in time, where the best uh, sectors are at any given point in time, where the best stocks are, and even individual bonds, which we've found many attractive ones here uh, so far this year. And uh, Barry, the story of 2023 so far is obviously, it's always about the Fed, <laughs> right. but... You know, last year we had those draconian rate hikes, four seventy-five basis points, point point hikes in a row, and of course uh, now we're seeing the Fed slow down to fifty basis points, then to twenty-five basis points, and we're hoping they go to zero uh, rate hikes uh, early, uh, maybe by late spring of this year, early summer, and of course the market looks ahead. The market looks ahead by one year, two years. And it's been looking past those rate hikes, which is exactly what we said would happen. Uh, we started, uh, you know, uh, going with this story late December, 
<coughs> after being pretty cautious and pretty bearish all last year in the face of rising interest rate hikes. And so far, Barry, I would say that the scenario that we painted uh, is panning out, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, the the, the bottom that you observed uh, in the NASDAQ and wrote about in, in, in Seeking Alpha certainly has, has held, and of course, uh, we understood that this year the, the market's going to be, you know, very data dependent. And on one side, right, you've got, you know, interest rates, uh, you know, them moving downward, helping uh, P.E. ratios uh, go up, making valuations go up. And then, of course, on the flip side, um, you know, you're, as, as the economy slows, which is what the, the Fed ultimately you know, wants to occur in order to bring uh, bring inflation down to a palatable level or at least a palatable level to them, uh, of course, you know, earnings you know, should take um, a bit of a, uh, you know, or at least earnings growth should take a bit of a, a clip. And as you've mentioned, at least for the first quarter, the, you know, earnings held up fairly well. I think what you gave them maybe a, a B, B minus, C plus in the in the in the kind of earnings uh, this earnings uh, quarter, uh, past earnings quarter, and um, really the market's kind of, of course, early on t- taking off based on those rate uh, rate drops, and as we've seen, rates tick back up a bit, uh, of course, uh, getting over four this week, um, but uh, of course, as rates tick back up in, in February, that's where you saw kind of uh, a pullback, uh, particularly in the NASDAQ, so... Well, uh, the uh, the NASDAQ is definitely the place to be this year. Last year it was not the place to be. Uh, we avoided the high P.E. stocks in 2022. The NASDAQ was down 35% last year, uh, while the Dow was only down about 8 or 9% because of the higher P.E. stocks do not do well in a rising interest rate environment. But now that we can see beyond... Uh, that rising interest rate environment, you know, we're seeing really good action uh, in the Microsofts of the world, uh, the uh, Facebooks of the world, uh, the uh, AMDs of the world, the NVIDIAs of the world, which were absolutely toxic stocks uh, to hold on to uh, last year. Well, who are we? Ah, well, you know what? I've been uh, in, in this business now uh, since uh, the late 90s. And uh, I've done a radio show for the last uh, 20-plus years in many markets across America. I have clients. We have clients all across America uh, in many states. We don't have uh, uh, boots-on-the-ground offices in all the states that we're in uh, with our radio show. So we have a centralized uh, uh, office uh, and location that we work out of. And we do virtual and telephone appointments uh, with folks that like what they hear on the show. And maybe they're not happy with where they're at uh, right now, uh, or maybe they're managing their own money and uh, finding it to be very, very time-consuming. I always use the analogy, you know, I'm in the water every single day. So all you got to do is watch me on Twitter, at Bill Gunderson, and I'm making comments about uh, the markets uh, daily. Uh, that, you know, I'm deep in those waters uh, from about 6.30 in the morning, East Coast time, uh, till about 4.30 in the afternoon after the market closes. I look at 500, somewhere in that neighborhood, to 1,000 different charts per day. Uh, I invented my own uh, ranking system for the market. It's called Best Stocks Now. Uh, I use it exclusively for my uh, stock selection process, for my money management, for my macro calls on the market. And uh, I liked it so much that I made it available to the public, www.beststocksnowapp.com. 
com. Uh, when the app first came out about, uh, oh, 10 years ago or so, uh, th- well, there wasn't a lot of competition back then in the financial sector. It was the leading app in the financial sector as far as being downloaded uh, and uh, the amount of subscriptions and subscribers to it for a long, long time. Then, of course, uh, the App Store got flooded. I mean, there are so many apps in the App Store now uh, it's almost impossible. It's like finding a needle in a haystack anymore uh, with all the apps that are out there. But I still have a, a big following uh, at the uh, beststocksnowapp.com, uh, both in the Apple Store and on the web. I made a web version of the app at beststocksnow, uh, or it's, it's uh, beststocksnowapp.com. Now, the keys to the market. In, in real estate, it's earnings, earnings, or, or, or location, location, location. In the stock market, it's earnings, earnings, earnings. And uh, not only is that true for individual stocks, but it's also true for the indices. And the reason we've seen the S&P 500 going up since 2009 uh, is because earnings have been going up since 2009. That's one of the longest stretches of earnings growth. It is the longest stretch of earnings growth that I have witnessed uh, since I've been in the business. The only down year in earnings growth uh, was the COVID year of 2020. Uh, but you can write that one off as an extraordinary uh, uh, you know, issue that hit the market with COVID. And earnings went right back to their growth, uh, growing way uh, in 2022, last year, 2021, 2022. And now it's all about 2023 and 2024. You know, you can talk about the Fed and you can talk about uh, all the, you know, recession and GDP and all these different factors. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line earnings for the S&P 500. And uh, we've got a pretty good handle on what we think they're going to be this year. Uh, and next year, and of course we apply a multiple to that to come up with the target price on the S&P 500. Uh, We've pretty much been on target for the last decade plus with our uh, yearly target prices. That's just part of what's in the newsletter that I put out every weekend that I've been writing for the last uh, 23 years. You can get two free copies. It goes out to our clients and subscribers only, but you can go to GundersonCapital.com gundersoncapital.com and get two free weeks of our weekly newsletter. We'll be right back. Here to the second quarter of the Best Stocks Now uh, Week in Review show. We are an active management firm, which uh, we're becoming uh, fewer and fewer <laughs> far between uh, versus the passive management firms that want to kind of put you into a computer-driven model, a robotic model that, uh, you know, readjust your asset allocation every three months, tweaks it a little bit based on your age. And we just think that there's a lot more uh, factors uh, out there 
beside your age. There's things like interest rates, okay, and last year we knew interest rates were going up. We knew they were going to uh, hike many times, and that made for a very poor environment for bond funds and for growth stock funds. And uh, no matter what your age was, those were not good places to be in 2022. 2023 is different. Uh, we can see beyond those rate hikes now. We think growth stocks are a little better place to be, but you still have to be very, very selective. Uh, you can't uh, pay up for uh, for stocks, uh, no matter, you know, the quality. The valuations are very, very important this year. And individual bonds actually look pretty attractive right now. We found many in the 55 to 6 area. Uh, over the next three to five years, which for those of you that are faint of heart, uh, that uh, might be a good uh, solution. Yeah, found uh, one this week. I know we week, found another one, a great five one. Point, was around five point seven ish or so on a yes. year to worst. It was um, in very very solid uh, chip maker. So so yeah, you own about ten of those, you know, in your portfolio and hold on to it. But for growth. This, this is now a pretty good environment uh, for growth stocks once again. And, in fact, we had a lot of them pull back uh, earlier this week, and uh, they came pretty uh, attractive, uh, like uh, Wednesday. By the end of the day Wednesday, there, we, we made some purchases yesterday, quite a few actually, adding to uh, you know new clients coming in. Uh, we, we added those positions for them. Uh, and we continue to be on the lookout. Now, I run uh, five different portfolios. My, uh, from, from the, the most aggressive is the emerging growth portfolio. And when it's fully invested, it has about 20 stocks in it. Uh, and then I have my ultra growth portfolio. That's the sweet spot in the market this year. You know, last year it was tough sledding there. But uh, we were in a lot of cash last year, and we also uh, owned some inverse funds last year to to mitigate that portfolio a little bit. And now it's having a good year so far in 2023. Then we have our dividend and growth portfolio, which companies that pay dividends and are still growing. We have our premier growth portfolio, where the focus is on growth, the AMDs of the world, the Boeings of the world, etc., when fully invested, we own 20 stocks there. And then we have our individual bond portfolio where folks that, uh, you know, have lower uh, tolerance to risk, that's a good, you know, we couldn't find any individual bonds for years. But in the interest rate environment we're in today, uh, you know, we find a lot of attractives, uh, alternatives there for people that uh, are a little bit nervous about the stock market. And usually in a bond portfolio, we own about 10 uh, individual bonds with plans on holding them to maturity. So that takes away the uh, interest rate risk uh, along the way. Unless you're going to cash in early, then obviously you're you're subject to uh, the prevailing interest rates at the time. But there's a lot of things to take into uh, account this year. Now, <clears throat> the year started off, the Dow... Uh, made a golden cross. That's where the 50-day moving average crosses above the 200-day moving average very early this year, like the first week, second week of January. And it was under a death cross all of last year, meaning the 50-day moving average crossed below the 200-day moving. So that's a significant event when that happens. The S&P 500 uh, several weeks ago also made a golden cross, 
And now you've got the NASDAQ very close to uh, making a Golden Cross itself. Uh, and that's where we've been finding most of our uh, buys this year. Well, you know, really from all of the uh, indexes. So those Golden Crosses are, are, are in place on two of the three indexes. And one, the NASDAQ, looks like it's headed in that direction. Also, the small cap index, the Russell 2000, has also made a Golden Cross. Well, it's been all eyes in inflation, on inflation. I mean, that's been the biggest... When you see those big days uh, down in the market, which we're still getting a lot of those, not like last year, but we're still getting them. We had a couple this past week. Barry, what's it usually all about? It's about about the Fed and inflation, and of course, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and we got some. You know, I think the, the trick was this week we've got, and it's really been kind of. You can probably go through the month of February. It was just you know kind of a re. Uh, repricing, if you will, of inflation and how sticky it will be, right? And so, uh, then in February and, and followed up, uh, you know, middle of this week, uh, we had you know, unit labor costs were the most recent, uh, um, you know, number to skyrocket, and, and obviously, and also productivity. I think hit a uh, year-over-year productivity, worker productivity hit. Uh, I believe it was a, a low since the mid '70s. So the worry is, of course, that the labor market remains strong, which is what we've seen in every labor report really this year. Uh, and that, uh, of course, um, has, the, has the propensity to be uh, make inflation stickier for longer, uh, which is why uh, we've seen some of the, the pullbacks, in, in, yep. in particularly in the markets uh, in February, was just due to some of that repricing of those yep. uh, inflation and the, thoughts. And the market was pretty hot in January, so it cooled off a little bit in uh, February. And we think, you know, that that's put it back at a, fairly decent level, entry level. And every time you see an inflation number that comes out a little bit hotter than expected, you're going to see a sell-off in the market. Or every time a member of the Fed gives a speech somewhere, no matter where it is, and mentions that we might have to keep rates higher for longer, you're going to see a sell-off. We think the Fed will be done by uh, uh, spring, uh, early summer, uh, we think they'll top out at about five and a quarter to five uh, and three eighths. We're almost there. We're at four and three quarters now, and the market looks beyond that. It started looking beyond that early this year, so we started to get a lot more constructive on the market here uh, in uh, in 2023, and. Uh, Continue to move to uh, a pretty, you know, we still have maybe 25% cash, but we've moved pretty aggressively putting cash to work uh, since the beginning of the year. And this inflation talk is going to continue. It's not going to go away. You know, we've gone from double-digit inflation. Now we're down around the 7-ish area. Uh, Inflation is still sticky in Europe. It's mostly coming now from labor cost because we still have a tight jobs market which keep labor cost higher and uh, but we think that eventually you know uh, the actions that the fed has taken by hiking interest rates uh, you know you've seen quite a few big layoff rounds of layoffs but still uh, you know the unemployment rate is very very low but we're headed in the right direction, okay? What's the best direction? What are some of the best sectors in the market and some of the best stocks in the market right now? Get the weekly newsletter, two free weeks at GundersonCapital.com. GundersonCapital.com. We'll be right back. 
This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. To the uh, second half of today's uh, Best Stocks Now Show Week in Review. Well, we had a lot of earnings uh, reports uh, this past week, and uh, some were uh, blowouts, uh, and others uh, not so good. Uh, for me, the standouts, uh, Salesforce uh, had blowout earnings on Thursday, and that yeah, was how part about that. Profit that was down. Oh on their own. boy, I'll say that was part <laughs> of the, the big from jump. That day. <laughs> Uh, in the market on uh, Thursday. And, of course, Salesforce is a pretty good uh, proxy for the overall economy. You know, Salesforce is used by uh, anybody that's got a Salesforce, really. When folks uh, use Salesforce that don't even know they're using Salesforce, it's, it's interesting. Like, it'll be a, you know, basically a branded uh, brand, you know, branded you know, software and underneath it right is, yes is is, is, is salesforce <laughs> yes and salesforce i mean the, the, for a software stock uh, to make it into the dow 30 uh, that's quite a tip of the cap but it's also a proxy for the other cloud uh, and, uh, and, and 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 software stocks you know we've owned several over the years we currently own service now as an example <clears throat> now is one of the better stocks that we found. Uh, as one better stocks I found during my career in the business, it's been been a huge winner over the years. It's now a ninety billion dollar company. We've written uh, about them a number of times. You you probably started writing about them when they were one of the first people. Company, right? a yes, uh, company, right? we also you know if you want to check us out, you can go to. Uh, uh, SeekingAlpha.com, which is one of the biggest websites for, uh, for uh, you know, stocks and whatnot. And uh, we're regular contributors there. Uh, you can look at the market calls that I've made, Bill Gunderson, over the last several years, the stocks I, we, that we've written about over the last several years, our most recent articles uh, with our thoughts uh, on the market. We call <clears throat> the bottom of the... Uh, market back in the COVID year of 2020, 2020, almost within a couple of weeks. And I think we called the bottom in the NASDAQ earlier this year, uh, maybe right at the bottom of the NASDAQ. So we're pretty proud of the market calls that we've made. I mean, that's where it all begins. It's your macro forecast. And that comes from earnings. It's the earnings forecast for the S&P 500, which change on a weekly basis due to the different companies that report and update and give guidance. And the analysts are changing uh, their forecast. I was an analyst early on in my career. 
And, uh, you know, when analysts start uh, raising, revising forecasts for a company upwards, the company moves right along with those forecasts. Uh, And the same goes with the overall market. Uh, You know, the key indicator for us, uh, one of them, the most important indicator for us, for the overall market, if you want to take all the emotion out of the market, Barry, you deal with people all the time. Uh, You know, look, we call them nervous Nellies. A lot of people are nervous, and I don't blame them. The market is not something that is stable every day like a CD. And we get nervous. Yeah, we get nervous. We get nervous. Of course, it's about perspective. And I think it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, certainly, you know, looking at things from, say, a portfolio standpoint, right, versus. You know, and say an individual position, of course, you know, portfolio is made up of a bunch of individual positions. And when you're, you know, you're looking at metrics across an entire portfolio, right, well, you know, each one of those pieces has their, uh, you know, has their own influence on that, uh, on those overall metrics. But, yeah, being being able to kind of, as you've kind of used the example of taking a step back and looking yes. at the, looking at the picture, you know, that's, uh, I think, uh, a lot of times is, you know, our goal is really to, you know, if we're keeping our clients up at night, right? We're not doing our job. We need to, you know, reposition um, to a to a to a bit, uh, you know, bit more conservative uh, allocation, or have some, uh, or there's an opportunity for education, right? And yes, so that's one the, or the I other. Think that's the most important piece there. Every once in a while, as I'm on Twitter on a daily basis, I'm at Bill Gunderson. I have a lot of followers out there. I'll put a, I put a. Uh, a chart of the Dow going back to 2009 to today, and you can see there are hardly any blips at all over the last uh, 14 years, but obviously there's been a lot of bad weeks, a lot of bad days, a lot of bad months. We had a bad year in 2022, but look at the overall chart of the Dow. You can do that yourself. You can go on Yahoo or Microsoft to finance whichever one and set your starting date as March of 2009 for the Dow and uh, up to today. You can also do it for the S&P 500 and just see how constructive that has been. And like I would say, if you want to take the, the emotion out of the market, focus on earnings. You know, as long as earnings are rising, and continuing to rise, and those expectations are for them to continue to rise. Uh, that's uh, called the bull market. It's market follows earnings. Now, eventually, you're going to get a topping out of the earnings, a peak to the earnings, and you're going to go through an earnings recession. And that's when it's not good uh, to own uh, uh, stocks or to have a lot of exposure to stocks. Uh, because as earnings go down, so do stocks. So that's the most important part of the newsletter every week is that macro outlook. Not only does it show what earnings have done since 2009 up until today, uh, it also shows those all-important projections for this year and next year, which the market is now trading on. And I update those every single week in the newsletter. And that will take a lot of the emotion uh, out of the whole equation. Because the headlines, here's what gets you. Here's what causes the emotion. Oh, you know, the headlines, the scary headlines, uh, the emails you get from some uh, you know newsletter that loves hyperbole. Uh, and want you to click on it, and talking about the the big changes coming this year in the market, or the big uh, drop uh, that is coming in the market. That you know, look, I've been in the business for over 
two dozen, two 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 decades, and I I there's not a day that goes by where I don't see some kind of doomsday headline or several, uh, and you know if you let emotions get you know if you can't sleep at night maybe you don't belong in the stock market. Maybe you're better off a, a nice, uh, very uh, low volatility portfolio of individual bonds. Get your five and a half, six uh, percent per year over the next five six years. Call it a day, and not, and don't suffer through the huge volatility that uh, takes place in the market, the gyrations of the market. And but I'll tell okay, you what, because everyone's situation is different, right? That's you're right. Gonna, you know, make sure that that's you know, in, in what we do, right? It's it's where. You know, you take that into account. Hey, here's you know uh, whether it's an in, you know investor emotion, whether it's you know, uh, you know quote unquote risk tolerance or risk capacity. Uh, you, you you mash all those things together, and then uh, you know of course if you know let's just say you know, someone you know, is, wants to be you know much more conservative maybe than they really you know need to, right? Well, then that's a part where a discussion or some you know or or you know education comes into the play. And if 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 if, if you know it's clients' money, if they if they still want to be um, in those safer items and bonds or, or cash or whatever it is, right? Well, then, you know, that, that certainly dictates or, uh, or trumps, right, what, uh, you know, what, 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 what you may do in, in a quote-unquote normal situation. Exactly. But if you have, you know, the time horizon and if you have, uh, you know, the ability to uh, ride through the ups and downs. Now, uh, you know, we try to avoid the big drops we haven't had one really last year was the biggest one we've had with the the dasdaq down 35 percent and a lot of the growth funds were down about 30 percent last year like growth fund of america magellan etc we tried to be as careful as we possibly could last year by using some inverse funds and some cash Uh, but uh, this year obviously a lot more constructive and uh, it, 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 you're seeing it uh, show up in a lot of these stocks that were just getting murdered last year. <laughs> the NVIDIAs and the AMDs of the world uh, just getting clocked. Uh, Meta, Facebook, uh, Netflix, etc. Thang was just, it wasn't on fire. It was getting dunked under the water big time. It did not look good at all. But things started to change when the Fed, I can't emphasize enough how much of an impact. Now, the Fed does not impact earnings, really. They can if they put us into a recession, which we don't think they're going to do. You can never say never, but we don't think that's going to happen. But it shrinks the multiple. That's what happened last year was the multiple of the market, the P.E. ratio. We began the year at 23. We ended the year at 16. Imagine what that does. It took the NASDAQ down by 35%, and it took the Dow down by 10 Now that multiple has settled in because we're looking beyond <clears throat> those uh, rate hikes, and now we can focus on earnings once again. And uh, that's what we do. Now, when we come back, I'm going to talk about some of our favorite areas of the market right now. That's another big piece of our weekly newsletter, which you can get two free weeks at GunnersonCapital.com. You got to go where you want to go.
And welcome back here to the uh, final segment of today's uh, Best Stocks Now Week in Review, brought to you by GundersonCapital.com. GundersonCapital.com. Uh, we are a nationwide, fee-based only, money management firm. We have clients literally all across America uh, with our show uh, Best Stocks Now Heard during the week. Monday through Friday, you can find it on all the podcast sites and on our website at GundersonCapital.com. We try to hit it hard with, uh, you know, the underneath the surface stories of what's taking place in the market. Uh, This week's newsletter, we're going to talk just a little bit. Our lead article will be on this ESG. What is it? What's the risk? Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, take a little bit of look at ESG. In dusting the, off, yeah, I'm dusting off some of my old uh, CFA books to see what the definition was. It's changed. It's changed a lot. They used to call it socially conscious. I think. Well, you had socially. Yeah, you used to have. Uh, you know, what we were considering you know, socially responsible investing or social investing, and, and and the point is, is that that word means something different to everyone, right? Yeah. So the the point was, if you're running an endowment for your ch- for a church, or you're running an endowment for you know some other organization, well. You know, that organization's views are going to be reflected and values, right, are going to be reflected in in their investments. And so some investments are going to be, you know, uh, considered off limits. Uh, some investments are going to be uh, considered more, uh, you know, more palatable than others because of you know, some particular function. And so I think the point is, you know, uh, uh, forcing or and or legislating, right, ESG into um, fabric, you know, into the fabric of whether it's, you know, retirement plans with this Department of Labor rule that was blocked or, you know, just in, in you know, into pension plans at a co- company or even, you know, in, in the, at a state level when they're already incorporated at the state level. I remember in, you know, Tennessee, we couldn't uh, set on a, a board for the Tennessee pension, the state of Tennessee pension for the longest time. You could invest in anything, China, from, for, I mean, forever. I'm talking about up until probably 2008 or nine. Right. And so there's just different, you know, everyone has a different view and incorporating, you know, that view or forcing that view upon, you know, someone who's an employee for a company or um, someone that's in some particular organization. If it, you know, it just doesn't doesn't really uh, I don't think that was the intention, at least initially, of what, you know, corporate governance and social responsible uh, initiatives were, were designed for. Yeah, and I, you know, like this big uh, semiconductor bill and handing out money to the semiconductor industry, <laughs> it comes with a lot of strings attached. Lots of strings. Lots yeah, of strings attached. Them, but yeah, there's a, what you get a, something building, of, obviously you want to encourage investment in building things here, but there's a, some, some pretty nuanced stuff in there that, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, really should, you, you should be a separate bill in my opinion if, if you're trying to, if you're trying to do something like that, but. Well, you know, and that comes down to some of our favorite areas in the market right now. You know, some of the factors are uh, growth stocks. We favor growth stocks this year. Last year we favored dividend-paying value stocks, lower P.E. stocks. But now that you've got, uh, you know, the Fed hopefully uh, going to uh, uh, reach a couple more rate hikes and then be done, maybe stall for a while, see where inflation is at, that favors the growth stocks once again. And, uh, you know, I mean, China, 
we don't really believe investing in China, right? It's just too dang unpredictable. But them coming back online, I mean, they completely changed their uh, policy on COVID. They sent people back to work. And that's caused quite a big uh, rise in uh, steel prices, uh, iron ore. That's been a good area of the market here recently, the steel stocks. Uh, we've done well uh, with several of them. The whole artificial intelligence revolution taking place has been a boon for uh, NVIDIA, which makes the chips, uh, and uh, also, uh, you know, the company that actually makes those chips. NVIDIA designs the chips. Taiwan Semiconductor makes the chips. And then, of course, you've got Microsoft, uh, which is buddied up with uh, Chat GPT. Uh, the biggest uh, AI player right now. You've got Google in the race. They've had a, a kind of a, a sloppy start so far. Uh, and other uh, artificial intelligence uh, companies uh, that are coming online. You've got the whole EV revolution taking place uh, where, uh, you know, uh, Tesla has just such a huge lead. All these other car, all these other manufacturers—the Rivians and the Lucids and the Polestars and the and the Fiskers of the world—they got a lot of catching up to do, and uh, it's not going to be easy. You've got the whole charging networks with ChargePoint and EVgo, uh, and others. Mercedes making a big splash in the EV. Uh, you've got lithium. Now M- Musk is talking about making cars without rare earth material. Yeah, use and, magnets. And, and, and it, here's another problem with ESG, by the way, is um, there's, there's ESG indexes, indices that Tesla is not actually in. Huh. And they've been, boot, okay. and been booted from, which actually, as you can imagine, once they got booted out of it, uh, you know, Musk has been on, on record, uh, for, you know, I think it was months ago, but... You know, the kind of, uh, you know, pointing out the fallacies of some of this ESG stuff, particularly since he got boot, you know, since his company yeah. got booted. He's out of probably the- done more for <laughs> climate change so. than any other person when you look at all the Teslas on the road. So anyways, there's a lot of different uh, themes to invest in right now. And let's not forget the old school of uh, oil and gas and uh, liquid natural gas. Uh, you know, Biden said it himself. Well, he says 10 more years. Uh, you know what? I don't think we're going to be off of oil and gas for 10 more in 10 more years. We have freighters that come into our port. We have uh, freight airliners. We have Boeing by us, uh, busy airport. You know, all of that uses uh, fossil fuel. So we still think there's plays and ways to uh, you know invest in in the in some of the uh, the the needed commodities that run the 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 economy. Then of course you've got software stocks, uh, you've that 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 help make people more productive. Uh, you just got you know in every industry there's leaders and there's laggards, and we do our best to try to find the best. It's like, you know, they're in spring training right now in baseball. They're trying to find the best nine players uh, for opening day, uh, the best 25 for their roster. That's what we do for our individual portfolios. If you'd like to talk to us, you can reach us at 855-611-BEST, 855-611-BEST. If you'd like to sample the newsletter that I put out every weekend, 
you go to GundersonCapital.com. GundersonCapital.com. Have a great day. Have a great weekend, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Ameritrade. Ameritrade is a member of SIPC and FINRA.